0: Let's talk shoes for a moment. If you didn't know, my closet is all about my shoe obsession. And I love a comfy shoe as much as I love to struggle to walk in a foreign stiletto. I wanted to get you hip to Tom's shoes, some of the most comfortable shoes I've ever purchased. Disclaimer, I'm an affiliate and super excited to introduce them to you. From slip-ons to sneakers, flats, heels, and wedges, they have you covered and, They're in business to improve lives for every three dollars that they make they give away one dollar check out their fun new styles at the link in the show notes and get a spring in your step yes honey it's almost spring can you believe it try some on i bet you live in them and let me know what color you select you're listening to sweet bites with sandra with your host dr sandra coltamadisi follow on instagram and facebook at dr sandra coltamadisi the podcast and lifestyle Instagram at Sweet Bites with Sandra. And for upcoming course announcements, follow College of Style on Instagram as well. Want to enjoy more sweet rewards? Join Sandra's Facebook groups, Sweet Bites with Sandra, Content Creator Convention, WA Guest Blogging, and Twitter Spaces, Female Entrepreneurs. Hi, I'm Sandra, and I'd like to invite you to subscribe and listen to my new podcast, Sweet Bites with Sandra. Satisfy your entrepreneurial sweet tooth in each episode full of digital business tips, inspiring interviews, asides from my entertainment career, and rewards to celebrate your sweet success. Find Sweet Bites with Sandra on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on episode 24 of Sweet Bites with Sandra, the podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sandra Colton and I'm so excited to have you here listening to the podcast. I have a very special guest with me this week, but let's get started. I wanted to talk about a few tips that you can use to really hone in on your hashtag strategy. So when you are looking at your digital media strategy and you are using hashtags, a lot of social media platforms allow you to use hashtags, whether it's 30 on Instagram. Now I know these will change over time, but it's really good to know what kind of hashtag strategy you have and how to implement it to the most effective that you can. So when you're looking at creating a hashtag strategy, you want to look at your research and you want to look at what's number one trending, but also what really is capturing the attention of your audience. So you want to have a variety of hashtags, whether that's really, trending hashtags that have a lot of people on them, which are going to generate a little bit of buzz, but not so much medium sized hashtags in the like 10,000 to, um, you know, hundred thousands range, but you want to also get into those small niche hashtags that have only about a thousand to 5,000 so that you're really getting to the people who want your content and are looking for it because they are following certain hashtags and the people who are following your hashtag that you put into your social media post, it'll come up in their feed and it will hopefully stop the scroll. (laughs) That is the ultimate right there is to stop the scroll and have them like comment or share your post and engage with you. The more engagement you have, the more you can convert those people from just being a random scroller on your, you know, your hashtag to being actual customers. So make sure that you have a variety of hashtags in your hashtag strategy and do your research. Research before you put them into each post because you could start putting the same hashtags and that's going to get you into that kind of like social media jail that I've heard a lot of people talk about on Facebook and Instagram so make sure you do your research switch them up every single post make sure you do a variety on every post so you don't end up in that random jail cell on social media and so that you have new people and you know you're really generating a a social buzz around what you're doing because that's that is really what it's about so let's take a call from one of our listeners so I had a question come in from a listener that was really key to what I think a lot of people can use for productivity and that is tying your blog content to to your social media posts. Because if you are creating amazing articles, you should be publicizing those on all of your social media platforms. And you can curate your content from, you know, pulling a quote in one or talking about it in an IGTV video or putting it on a TikTok and pointing out really key elements of your blog post. It means taking your content and repurposing it out to all of those different places so that you can, let's say, for instance, you're on LinkedIn. You can create a LinkedIn article based on your blog post and send them back to your blog. It's really that simple. And sometimes people forget that it's okay to have your content living in different places. You always want to make sure to direct people back to your website so that they know where you live and how to find all of your products and services. But it doesn't mean that you have to just leave it there. You want to spread the love. Spread the love so that more people can find your content where you live on your website instead of just keeping it for yourself and hoping that they find you on your URL and your domain. If you have a question that you would like answered on Sweet Bites with Sandra, the podcast, feel free to call 401-216-5059, leave a voicemail, and you too could be featured on the podcast. I am so excited to be joined by Mary Allo. She is a producer here in the neck of Hollywood, just working with all of the best and brightest talent from some of the, I mean, you know, all of them basically (laughs) from, you know, like Josh Brolin and Sean Penn, Mira Sovino and Susan Sarandon. And I could go on and on because the list is so vast, but thank you so much for joining me on the podcast, Mary.
1: It's my pleasure, Sandra. I'm excited to,
0: talk with you and answer any questions you might have yeah well so I just like to start out with just what inspires you every single day you know you've worked in this business and I'm sure it's treacherous and it is dangerous at times (laughs) but you work in in some of you know some of the places where a lot of people just can't get their foot in so what inspires you to get up and work uh like you do (laughs) Well,
1: I have been on a journey and I would say that the journey will continue. And I always say the journey is the destination, right? So we have to remember that instead of always, well, sometimes we keep our eye on the prize as they say, but really what is that? Because once you get there and you make that movie or you win that award, or you've worked with that star or that director or another producer, then you go, okay, then what? let's do something great next. So I would say the journey's the destination. So that does inspire me and keeps me going. I'm not a Bible thumper, but I do pray every day. And it really does inspire me. And, you know, on a spiritual level, I bring that in my life now. Uh, Wasn't always, but I really bring it in my life now. And that helps. But I say very strongly, to do what I do, and to be in this business as you call it treacherous and I'm talking to you right now in the pandemic I'm up in the Hollywood Hills and at uh, my home and in the home office at the moment you know you really have to be passionate you know you have to uh, want to do this because a lot of people look at what we do and see the red carpet right they see the red carpet they see behind the scenes on the set But let me tell you, the other 14 to 16 hour days, the six days, sometimes seven days a week, they're not seeing all that. So it's fueled by passion, wanting to tell incredible stories. I'm drawn to a lot of female, uh, I don't want to just say empowerment, but true stories and or they don't always have to be true. But my goal is to wake people up and to inspire them and because we're in such a powerful medium right I mean we have a very powerful medium we have a voice and it can go all over the world it's really important so I can go into some of the things that I'm doing I just am wrapping a movie today my partner's out there in Atlanta a racial justice picture called Karen we're the first people to bring Karen Every neighborhood has one, you know, can I see the manager and you took my cell phone and everything else that creates yeah. uh, havoc, we're bringing her to life. But in that, we just had Ben Crump on set playing Ben Crump himself, who is the lawyer for George Floyd family and Bren Taylor and everything. So to be able to have that and bring the message to life in a thriller is thrilling. And I am yeah. passionate and I have many more that I can talk about. I just got a movie that just got picked up by the Obamas, and I'll talk to you about that. They're going to announce it on Netflix. Uh, It's going to be uh, coming out September of this year. It has to do with 9-11. So it's the inspiration to, as I say, wake people up.
0: Definitely. Well, I, and obviously you are a storyteller. I'm just like, I'm leaning in, (laughs) you know, so, so when you, you were talking to me before we hopped on about the differences in being a real producer, being an executive producer, getting up on that stage and taking that, that moment to say, okay, thank you so much to all the people who have contributed. So where do you fall in all of those lanes? You know, with most of your productions, are you the producer? Are you the exec? Where, what are, you know, where do you fall? It's a good question because it's a broad term.
1: I have friends that have gotten a producer credit by pushing a pushing in out or actually being smart and seizing the rights. I come in in all aspects. There are movies where I am the producer uh, I'm going to be starting one coming up in Puerto Rico, a true story of a young girl that fell out of a, that a plane, got hit by lightning, and she catapulted 10,000 feet into the treetops of the Amazon for 11 days at 17 and survived. Uh, so that, we just got our star attached. I'm the lead producer there. So what does that mean? That means I'm taking it from the script. I put the star in, I'm raising all the financing or I'm raising the financing by going to a powerhouse agent, which we have. He's amazing with the top agency in the world. And, you know, he's gotten, got me a major streaming deal on a Halle Berry movie and he's just kicking it. And, you know, we're going to walk in and get a great streaming deal, which I'm thrilled with today, whether it's Netflix or Amazon or Apple, who any of those. And, or... If we didn't get a sale there, I would raise the financing and all of that. And I'm also packaging in the director uh, with my partner, Stan. And so that's a lot of elements. And then I'll go out on set. There's other times where I'll come in as an executive producer. Example, I have a movie coming out on Netflix that was just announced that Michelle and Barack Obama just acquired. Like, that's to me as good as winning an Oscar because I love him so much. You are Uh, working. I'm just throwing that out there. (laughs) Uh, I'm I'm very grateful. That's another thing we'll talk about is is keeping the gratitude. But I want to say that I came in, and I just came in on the financial aspect of that movie, but it was so important. We premiered at Sundance last year, 2020. Hillary Clinton came to the premiere. I got to spend time with her. And it was about the guy, Ken Feinberg, that had to play God. Basically, he ran the 9-11 compensation fund, and he had to value what is life worth. The CEO is worth this. A little girl is worth this. He was brought in by the insurance companies, the airlines, to really be a pit bull, but he had a complete arc and ended up helping the people, and it was about the value of life. So the Obamas uh, just acquired it with Netflix, and we're going to be out on the 20th anniversary. Unfortunately, the 20th anniversary of 9/11, but I came in in a lesser capacity. But it was such an important movie. Again, let's wake people up. Let's inspire. This is an inspiring film. So, in essence, I'm a packaging producer. I'll put it all together. Distribution, money, stars, director, or I'll come in on a financial mores EP. So it's either or. oh, I have two movies that are going to be going that I've co-written now that are the major agencies are picking up and packaging with me. So I'm now also writing. And I've written uh, my partner Tim Hayes and I have two scripts that we co-wrote, and uh, so that's kind of what I do. So I can put it all together, or I can just come in more of the financial end.
0: Yeah. Well, so I mean, obviously, you've been doing this for a long time, and you know your way around the conversation. So, what do you think is the the hardest part about what you do? Oh, it's a good question. Um,
1: I have some really wonderful financiers behind me now because it's. Uh, about trust. And people that work with me know me, I'm fiercely protective of them. And I will be difficult to negotiate with until I fatigue the other side to say yes. I don't want to say being a woman because um, before the Me Too movement and everything else, I still felt very empowered. Uh, they didn't see me coming as much then. You know, I would be in a room full of men and I have mostly male partners, but I'm blessed to have female backers behind me and just the best. And so, very grateful. So, it's not all guys financing me. And I work with a lot of guys and I love working with guys, but I also know, you know, when to get in and negotiate. And so, I don't want to say that was the ceiling for me. I've experienced the Boys Club a few times, but um, I think that I never let that ceiling in front of me or above me, I'd say above me. So wouldn't say that I'd say um, relationships are super important in gaining those. And I know it's hard for people that are starting out. How do you get into the agents, right? How do you get into the stars? I'm also friends with a lot of um, the stars I've worked with a couple of them. And asked me to be producing partners and to work with them, but I've stayed on my own. So I'd say uh, gaining the trust and relationships with the agencies and management companies and financiers. I'd say learning every day. I'm still learning. Um, I think I always will be. So probably wouldn't want to work with people that tell me they know it all and that they're also into, you know, um, the two things that kill deals, greed and ego. So uh, I've learned to navigate through those. And uh, I wasn't always like this. I experienced that myself when I was younger, but it didn't work for me. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. No, I just wanted to know, have you ever wanted to be on the other side
1: of, you know, Um, the camera? When I attended USC, I did. And then I I want to talk to you because actually behind me is um, one of the movie posters of a guy named Robert Evans. And, you know, he was the producer of The Godfather, The Way We Were, Chinatown, Bonnie and Clyde. I mean, you name it, right? As far as all this, and I was brought to Sundance by an old friend of mine in 2001. I had dabbled in TV a little bit, but it was like I saw this documentary called "The Kid That Stays in the Picture." So behind there, wrote me a note when opportunity meets luck, and you have it. So. I don't know if I believe in luck so much, but I believe in opportunity and taking it. Actually, we were working on trying to do, it would have been his last picture. He passed over this last year. It would have been a dream. So I got to go to his house and spend some time with him. And uh, I would say he was a mentor uh, in my heart. I didn't have enough time with him for probably him to mentor me, but there was a respect level between us and it would have been, I think his last picture, but Paramount didn't pick it up. At the time, he still had his deal there, even right before he passed. And in, in his right, you know, he was elderly at the time. But he inspired me. He inspired so many producers. Um, if you ask them, Robert Evans did. And the documentary, The Kid Stays in the Picture. So most of the, if I have a whole bunch of movie
0: posters here, yeah. that one I hang because of respect. Yeah. I mean, I, I can imagine the amount of people who have come in and out of your career. And have you have you had anybody approach you to be their mentor or along their careers? It's been interesting. Um, it's
1: called shadowing. Um, and I, I'm not going to name the stars. A couple female stars have asked that. And I've also had some very... Uh, wealthy parents asked me and I didn't take them up on it. I do mentor in my own way, whether it's women in film or speak at different, you know, things like this. And I think the mentoring that I can do is, and and people that work with me, I do have a lot of women working with me now and men, and they tell me that I inspire and mentor them in my own way of learning things from me. The one thing is I always say ask, right? Because you got to ask and you got to learn. So I I believe that they feel that way about it. And I believe when I speak that I can give the knowledge in that way to have somebody sort of here at the office or at the house, whatever, and sort of shadow me um, probably isn't what I wanted to do because so much blood, sweat and tears <laughs> and a lot of work. So, but I, but I do hopefully feel like I'm giving
0: back. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I mean, there's there even, I mean, I've had, um, you know, different colleagues that I, they weren't even my, you know, my boss or immediate supervisor. And I have learned so much in just that capacity. So I'm sure that there are people even just side by side working with you every single day. Well, so what is a movie that maybe you wanted Mm -hmm. that got away? (laughs) That's interesting. Well, there's a movie
1: that I want to do, and I know I'm not going to get the rights. Well, there's two. Okay, so the Chicago 7 trial, I decided not to bring an investor in into it. And now it's going to probably win all the Academy Awards and Golden Globes this year. But they ended up doing very well. Also, the pandemic, I think some movies really got to shine. So that one got away. There is a, a pretty insistent, but I know that a movie that will get away from me, which is The Insurrection that just happened on January 6th. I did a really great riot movie, uh, the true story called Battle of Seattle with Charlize Theron and Channing Tatum and Woody Harrelson, Michelle Rodriguez, and on and on. I I can at least talk that I'm not gonna get the insurrection rights. I'm sure that people are and have been, and I'm sure that the scripts uh, are already written. and curiously writing to get out there first. So, you know, and I have a couple other passion, passion projects that we're working on now that I want to be first at the gate. We're doing one right now called Armatists with uh, some of the Eisenhower family. And there are other people, one thing I've learned, if you're thinking about an idea and it's a good one in the ethers, there's somebody is in a parallel universe thinking about that idea too. So exactly. um, Get it out there. Don't be afraid. Don't think of the consequences, but of the rewards. Okay, people, because, uh, you know, it's hard. It's like a painter who paints a painting and doesn't it show anybody. Write the script,
0: get the rights, you know. Exactly. Well, so when you are, you know, in your zone, what is it that you have to have? Like, are you a visual person as far as like writing down all of your notes? They have to be out of your head and in something, or are you a technological person where you have to have it in your phone? Or where do you where do you live in your process?
1: Totally not tech savvy.
0: (laughs) I might be the worst
1: producer, tech savvy. I can produce a movie, but ask me to do something simple, not great. (laughs) Learning. Winning, but learning. Okay, Um, so I'm totally what we would call a high-vis. So visual, very. I can see it. So if someone says, can you see it? I'm like, yes, I see it. Leave me alone, I see it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Let's do it. I can read a script and know that I don't see it. Or I want to go file my nails or I want to go get a cup of coffee. And I'm like, I can't get through this. Mm -hmm. Then I can read that script or I know the concept. Like, take the smaller film, but it's got a big bite, Karen, that we just wrapped today. Mm-hmm. I I said, okay, the script, the, the the director has done lower budgeted, but he's got it. He knows what he's going to do, Coke Daniels. And then I read the script and it was a thriller. And I'm like, wait a second, we're going to bring Karen to life. She was in Borat, Subsequently, she was in The Crude. She's everywhere. She was on the cover of Time, I think, but let's bring it to life. So visually, I'm like, okay. You know, and I could see a little bit of Get Out in the vein of Get Out, an important issue. And so I saw it when I read the script or when I'm writing a script. Um, you know, we have one script, a biblical, that, you know, we have 31 drafts we did. That's a lot of drafts, yeah. you know. I have another one, which is a Russian-American spy film of a, a program that Putin instigated, you know, he put in as to a sexpionage and the art of gaining secrets through that and becoming an assassination. And it went all the way up to our White House during Kennedy and everything, and uh, based on a book. And uh, the script turned out great, 19 drafts, but we visualized it, and you know, it took place in the 80s and 90s, it's still taking place, but so you really have to, whether you're writing and producing, or whether you're, I'm not directing, I directed a small short, but it was very small, but I'm really producing and writing now. And it's nice to be able to do your own things too instead of always giving money to other people for their things, it's nice to kind of build your own house. You know, the house is the the project. It takes a,
0: like a crew, it takes a village, they say. Right. Well, and so it does take a village. So for someone just starting out who is trying to do what you do and really hits a brick wall, I think in finding the money, right. What is some way for them to kind of go about, the pitch, right? To, to find those people who, who you don't know have it, right? um right. They just need that, that like little something to give it away. So what is it about the pitch that you can say people starting out need to be able to really hone in on and to really get that skill to, to close it? Right. I'm a closer,
1: right. I know, I think I'm really good at it. Um, I, it's really important. So The script has to be amazing. We'll start with that. Even if you have a newer director, but I put together a very visual deck. I put together like the pictures, the textures of the movie. You can take visuals and and you can actually do a reel of textures from different movies and put it together to tell the story of this is what it's going to look like or put a deck together of visuals. You know, you want to start with some of the things that can be proprietary and valuable Mm -hmm. is, You go and get the rights uh, of a story. That's why I love true rights. I think in two thousand one, I did a TV movie. It was like my first movie, and I got a call on Father's Day. My father had passed, and um, I got a call saying, "Listen, an Iranian princess was smuggled in by a Marine. They fell in love, and he smuggled her to America. Can you go to Mel's Diner down the street and meet?" And I said, "Uh, "Yeah, I'm there now." (laughs) So I went and got the rights. And, um, you know, then I had an hour on Oprah and here and there, and we ended up having a huge bidding war. It's, the movie turned out okay. We, I think they did it so fast, but it was TriStar Columbia. It was my first thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, so I think seizing a great story, and I come from the talk show world way back and investigative reporting and things and different shows that I was, I learned to look for the great story. So look for the great story and go and get the rights. It could be in Kansas. It could be in Texas. It could be down the street. You know, there's, there are great stories and develop it and you can develop it yourself or develop it with somebody. You don't have to pay an arm and a leg and you can pay them when it goes, if it sells or depends, you know, and the other is investors come from everywhere, a blueberry farmer to a, you know, a hedge fund manager to somebody that's inherited great wealth, or they could be in any sector of the business, real estate moguls, I always say make great partners because they understand escrow and comps, investing in something, but the investors that I have are not always in the movie business, the, in the equity position, or we call it a mezzanine position. There are people that want to get in. There's also, interestingly enough, actors, they want to be in them. They've been working hard at it and they've worked hard all their life or uh, have a backer and they are able to, you know, get a role in a movie, but they work hard for it. They have to be good uh, and invest in themselves in that as well. So I have some of those and then I have people that are of, of great means But each investor is very unique. So you don't have to go to a movie investor. You go to people that are interested, and maybe they're interested in a cause, Mm -hmm. right? They're interested in a racial justice cause. They're interested in female empowerment or green energy or a faith-based movie. So know your investors. Get the rights. You have to have, you really need to get a script. You have to have a script. And then you either find people like me that can sort of walk it in the door and package it. There's no cookie cutter story, but that's sort of the way I would do it. So you have a basis, you know, you have uh, a foundation of value there beside yourself.
0: What is one thing that you know now that you would have told your early career self, maybe in the transition from like the TV to film aspect of, you know, that would have helped you so much if you knew it then instead of now? Oh, I have a lot. Well, we have time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The first and foremost is you are you, right? You're here spiritually, physically, mind, body, and soul. When I was younger, I got very cocky and I, thought it was all about what am I going to do? How can I win that award? I'm, I'm this, I'm that. And also treating people with respect and uh, it, it, it can implode. And um, that was, you know, over a decade or so ago, but you don't want to go on that roller coaster. So the eye on the prize shouldn't always be the award or what can you get or a house in the hills and any of that. It really should be on what you're giving back through the medium that you chose. So if you chose film, tell an important story. It's okay to do a popcorn movie and something fun and make people laugh or I guess scared and you know all different journeys. But I would tell myself to try to do important films. I would tell myself to work and be careful who your partners are because you have to know your partners and who you choose to work with. And I would tell yourself to maybe read a book called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill because that aspect of um, one of my favorite day about the business isn't the red carpet. It isn't all that. My favorite day is that first day of set. You can smell it, you can feel it. And what you've done is taken from the page or you've written it or the page or Mm a script big journey Mm -hmm. and you look around if you've got 100 200 300 people there and whether the person's the doing costumes or director of photography or the director or somebody's putting the snacks out okay because we have to eat every single person is important Um, and they need to be treated that way respectfully and remember that they are feeding their, helping their mom or their dad or their significant other or their children. And that outreach is the philosophy of Napoleon Hill and think and grow rich about helping. It's perpetually the outreach Mm -hmm. of help support other people. You're getting supported, they're supported, and they're doing this. That's what I've learned, um, I think a lot and also the assistants that you talk to in agencies and management companies and firms and financers that answer those phones now or those PAs, be kind to them because they will be running a studio and a production company and representing a superstar. So I think it's the kindness and respect Mm -hmm. and respecting yourself enough to give that back. And that's what I would tell everybody. And I certainly would tell my, if I go back to the future, as they say,
0: yeah, that respect. Um, Obviously you've got so many in the works, but tell us about a few movies that we should be looking out for. Okay.
1: Well, we have some good ones coming up from our company. Um, Really important is this female empowerment story. I, I read it and it's called Bruised and it's Halle Berry's directing, you know, dictatorial debut. And we premiered at the very prestigious Toronto Film Festival this year. And the opening night, our agent's so good. He's our agent on other stuff. He got us a mega deal with Netflix. So it'll be out on Netflix in 2021. I don't have the date yet, but she's not only directing, she's starring and it's, she's playing an MMA fighter. And against all odds, and she, her son, who she lost because of her own demons, shows up on her doorstep. This is the character, Jackie, and uh, she has to go back in the ring. And it's a real Rocky type story, but it's Halle Berry. And so she was behind the camera and in front, and amazing. Also, I've got, um, as I think I mentioned before, a very prestigious movie called Worth. And um, that was at the Sundance Film Festival this last year. And very happy to say that it was just announced that uh, Barack and Michelle Obama just acquired it, along with Netflix. And it'll be out in September of uh, Netflix this year. And uh, along for the 20th anniversary of the tragic event of the 9-11, but it's important story that ties into that. We're also in post right now, or just completed, with Sean Penn directing and starring uh, with Miles Teller and Josh Roiland, Uh A great movie called Flag Day based on a, a book about the flim flam man, a uh, con artist. And it's really phenomenal. And Sean's movie, I mean, it's incredible. And uh, let's see what else I've got. Um, you, the animated Jamie Foxx won't be out till 2022. So, uh, and Karen, we just wrapped. That'll definitely be out in 2021. The racial justice picture. I think I have one more, but I, I think that's it. That's good enough. You are
0: busy. <laughs> well, that, that's a lot of just, you know, just in one breath. Obviously we're, I feel yeah. lazy, lazy next <laughs> to you. <laughs> Haitian. I'm oh, good. goodness. Thank goodness. I need one for sure. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you, Sandra. Have you been to my shop lately? I have been in the lab and creating new items just for you. Take a look at the decor, the brand new eye collection, and spanking new done for you templates for social media. Yes, (laughs) I told you I am giving you my A game in 2021. Check it out and buy yourself a little something to reward yourself for making a commitment to yourself to rock 2021 like no other. Just visit www.sandracoltamedici.com forward slash shop today. So I wanted to tell this story about one of my entertainment gigs way way, way, way back in the day with one of my favorite choreographers, Miguel Zarate. Um, he was one of the contestants on a show that I did a pilot for. Um, it was called The Choreographer, I think is the working title. And it was kind of like America's Next Top Model, except for it was for choreographers. And the judges on the show for the pilot were Tina Landon, uh, Tony Basil, um, Hi Hat, and... Yes. Sierra. <laughs> I was so excited because I got to work with some of my favorite, favorite um, colleagues as far as dancers and choreographers. And and I know that it, you know, had it actually aired, I think, I think it never aired, but had it actually aired, I think it would have taken off because there were so many amazing choreographers that really, really need their due and really need, you know, to be exposed to the public with all of their amazing talent. Um, but I'm going to put the episode, um, the link on my website so you can see and the music video has a Christina Aguilera song and it really pumps you up when you listen to it but it also features dancers one of my friends Allison and also um, someone who has since passed but was an amazing talented dancer and even better person Stephanie Mosley so I hope that you take a look at this video because there's so much joy that we are all giving in this video and it is just just really sassy and fun and I hope you like it um, as far as the um, sweet reward for this episode, make sure you go to the podcast page on my website. Go all the way down to the very bottom, and you will see how to enter um, to win one of the e-gift cards that's listed there. Make sure to check out, like I always say, check out the end date of each um, enter-to-win contest so that you're not missing out. And if you are a musician, make sure that you get on my Spotify playlist by sub- by submitting your music on my contact page. So if you haven't had a chance, visit my blog, sandracultamedici.com forward slash blog. And um, I look forward to um, making sure to be really present with you on each and every episode, bringing you great content, amazing interviews with business leaders, and also sharing all of the knowledge that I have in this brand new program called College of Style. If you haven't had a chance to get on the VIP membership uh, wait list, make sure that you do. Go to collegeofstyle.com. And on that website, you will make sure to enter your name and your email, and you will you will start getting updates um, as to all the behind the scenes that's ha- that is happening, all of the behind the scene moments from me actually building the brand that is College of Style, but also letting you in on some of the secret upcoming private events that we're having online, and also how you can get early access to start your membership in College of Style in April instead of May. So make sure you do that. And- and I will see you on the next one. For those of you with big hair like me, you're probably always on the lookout for a good brush. And I mean one that can handle a lot of hair. Well, you're in luck because I found the Shu Uremura Large Paddle Brush. I'm an affiliate and you are about to get those tangles gone today, girl. Check out the link in the show notes and enjoy less stress knowing that your brush is ready to take on your amazing, amazing hair. If you would like to sponsor an episode of Sweet Bites with Sandra, make sure to send an email to info at including the subject line, be a sponsor.